1: Pastor Dominic Romaldi here with Street Talk Theology, where we take theology and we bring it to the streets. Uh, here I am back again with my brother Ashuk. We were talking about the epistle to the Galatians. Ashuk is waving like you can see him, <laughs> but uh, but you can, you know, the, we do, uh, We Ashuk, that might be a question for another day. I have all these videos on this hard drive. I guess we should make mm-hmm. Make some videos someday, right,
2: Ashuk? Uh, maybe uh, we should. Uh, we, we do yawn a lot because of our time zone from here. And the only uh, courage that we have in doing, confidence that we have in doing that is because it, these things don't go online. Uh, <laughs> uh, at least the videos don't. So. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's, it's 1230 at night. It's Well, 1230 at night for Ashuk, <laughs> and it's 12 o'clock in the yeah. afternoon. And this is our fifth season of Street Talk Theology. We did the second one before the first one I have to open up. I I didn't even do it yet. It's crazy how radio works, right? I'm doing the second and third show before I do the first show. And anyway, Pastor Grimaldi at Gmail, if you want to give me a shout out. Ashuk, give your email if you want, if anybody got any questions, because Ashuk is doing some of the exegesis here on on the Epistle to the Galatians. So if you want to just introduce yourself for a second, give your email, and, and maybe somebody's got a question or something.
2: Yeah, uh, I'd love to do that. If you have questions, uh, write them through. And if I do not know the answers, I can get my pastor, Mike, or one <laughs> of our friends to answer it, or Pastor Dom himself to answer it. Uh, so my, pa- uh, my uh, email ID is uh, hi, H-I, hi at ashok.codes, A-S-H-O-K for Ashok, dot codes, dot C-O-D-E-S. So it's hi at ashok.codes. Uh so uh, please uh, feel free to ping me or send me an email over there. Yeah.
1: And, and you can you can hit me up at Pastor Gromaldi at Gmail and, and I can reiterate that that email to you just in case if um, you didn't write it down or didn't have a pen on you or anything like that. OK, we're talking to about the epistle to the Galatians and we spoke about Peter and we spoke about how uh, the, the Judaizers that were infiltrating the church were Probably not believers, but then there was some mm-hmm. uh, there was some Jewish Christians that were also trying to turn Peter away from the Gentiles, or at least having them wanting to maybe include circumcision and and, and things of that mm-hmm. nature into the gospel, which uh, Paul didn't yeah. want to have nothing uh, nothing about that. So I'm looking. Let me just see. You know, we didn't we don't really. We don't really rehearse this, so I'm just looking through some stuff that I can talk to Ashuk about. So here's something that's good. Paul says, but I say walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. And and obviously, we know the desires of the flesh. We know Paul is, is, you know, against it The word peritome in the Greek is walk, and then it's a a Uh way of life. It's not like walking around the block. So, Uh Ashuk, let me put you on the spot here. This has always been a little bit of an enigma. So, how does someone theologically walk by the Spirit? Now, I don't Hmm. listen, I didn't rehearse this with Ashuk, so you might tell me, (laughs) you know, but, but, you know, I think that's a fair question, right? Ashuk, I mean, Paul says, it, it walk, Paul says, walk by the Spirit. And obviously, mm. so you don't carry the desire of the flesh. So mm-hmm. I'm going to back up on that and give you the ball and mm-hmm. explain to us what Paul means by walking in the Spirit.
0: Yeah. We all know what so, it is to uh,
1: walk in the flesh, right? That's easy. <laughs>
2: That's easy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, I. I think uh, uh, J. I. Packer explains this uh, concept in his very famous book, Knowing God, uh, in the 90th or 20th chapter, he talks about this. And uh, he talks about this because uh, people usually think of being in the spirit, being led by the spirit, etc., to be very mystical things. Uh, they think of it as the inner voice that talks from inside and says, "Now do turn left." Now, uh, yes, that jar of pickle—that's what—that's uh, God's will for you. Uh, having a mystical overly uh, yeah, well, an overly mystical view of things. Um, I remember being in a charismatic church um, years and years ago in my initial days of um, having you know coming to the faith, and there was a very powerful preacher who would come and talk about walking in the spirit. And I would be so encouraged. I would go back home and I, I would have no clue what to do next because I did not know how to walk in the spirit. He just spoke about it a lot in a very powerful manner. So that uh, that is definitely a trouble. Now, what we have in the scripture, uh, uh, at least with regards to this, is similar passages to begin with. So uh, uh, in a similar passage about sanctification, uh, Romans eight would be another passage where uh, Paul talks about laying your heart on the things of the heavens, where your heart and mind are things on set, set on things that are not of the earth, but are set on things that are of the heavens. So now you know. Now we know one thing that we are supposed to do: that we our mind has to be set in the things, or uh, the heavenly things, uh, thoughts about God, thoughts about uh, things of the afterlife, and everything. And uh, then another passage that we can think about is uh, in Hebrews when it talks about running the good race, right? which is not walking, which is accelerated walking running uh, and running the good race involves laying aside every sin and weight that clings onto us. And again, what, what the author is, uh, author whom I believe to be Paul <laughs> is asking us to do is laying, look at the cross, look at what Christ has done and then look towards it and walk towards that. And, uh, When you do that, lay aside every sin and weight that clings onto you, everything that keeps you from uh, looking at that view or running that good race. So in a sense, what Paul is asking us to do is that we have a very heavenly uh, view or a a view of eternity when we do things uh, and our minds should be full of the truth, not of the earth. Uh, not matters and things that concern us of the flesh, but matters and things of uh, the heavens. So even take the Galatian context also. Uh, They were looking at very fleshly things. They were looking at the covenant that was of flesh. They were looking at rituals and things and deeds that can be done uh, in order to uh, redeem man. But Christ's way was way, way beyond that. It was not limited to the flesh. It was not limited to mere rituals. But it was God's miraculous way of, uh, well, God, the son coming down and uh, perfectly keeping the law on our behalf. And it's his grace. It is his mercy that changes our heart right now and we are no longer people who belong to a covenant that has to do with the earth but we are citizens of heaven it's a kingdom of heaven that we are building not the kingdom of the earth so fill your mind with these kinds of things uh and the psalmist tells us how does a man guard his face how does a young man guard his face but but by storing the word of god in his heart so the word of god being the key and when we, are, when we have the word of God and when in prayer, when we are pursuing this view of eternity, we are in effect walking the uh, Christian faith or we are walking in step with the Holy Spirit. And of course, we can't do any of this without the spirit of God uh, using these words of truth and working in our heart uh, to, make the the- to turn the theology into doxology.
1: Yeah. And, and, and doxology, if you know, means praise. You know, you, you, if your mm-hmm. theology doesn't turn into praise, then it's mostly all head knowledge. So I think uh, shoot makes a good point. And here's another thing. I, You know, we have a home group. We're on a, a little bit of a break now, but we usually meet for about two, three months and then take two, three month break. I give Miss Rachel a little break because she's always cooking and preparing for the group and okay. things of that nature. And we have a and I and I tell the group us you can you can correct me if I'm wrong here or even what we're doing now. Right now we are in the things of God. We're speaking about the things of God it doesn't mean our mind won't drift here and there. Of course it will. Mm-hmm. But I think the more that we stay in these things, whether it's mm-hmm. Bible study, whether it's fellowship, whether it's you know, if if you just think about this, I'll tell the home group We might sit there for two or three hours, we'll study the Bible for an hour, hour and a half, we'll break bread. But in that three hours, we are in the things of God. Our our minds are not thinking about uh, the things of the earth, like Ashuk says. That's why Paul says, Mm -hmm. see things that are above, not below, like Ashuk said. And I think Mm -hmm. the more fellowship you're in, the more conversations you have in the things of God, studying mm-hmm. your Bible, reading your Bible, speaking to brothers and sisters in Christ, being in church that can we label that as walking in the spirit Ashuk?
2: uh yes uh, but can I bring in one more angle to it because one of the things I think uh please, that has changed uh, that's, why we, that's why we asked you <laughs> yeah, one of the things that has changed uh for me at least, and that has to do with my eschatology also, which has a lot of, we have a lot of conversation about that, is that you stop doing the division between the uh, the spiritual things and the fleshly, uh, and the things of the flesh in at some level. So if Paul says, eat or drink, do, do it for the glory of God, Amen. Good or point. Good all, point. yeah, always be praying, pray without ceasing and everything, then there is a way I can do my vocation with a heavenly mind. There's a way I can play sports with a heavenly mind, so it need not be constricted to the uh, few hours that I get fellowship, uh, during a Sunday or uh, during a Bible study. But as much as that is heavenly, there is a the the issue is that we we are being only heavenly during that time. But uh, but if we were to extend it, whatever we get, the recharge that we get during the Sundays, and if we do our vocation with that mind, uh, that. Even when God is blessing us, we remember the Deuteronomic uh, blessings. Even we when we work, we work as though we, we are doing it for Jesus Christ for, for it is Him who we bless. And walking Amen. in step with the Spirit becomes more than those uh, few hours.
1: This is this is really a great point. And I think this is definitely what Paul means because like and and like and like Ashuk said, I mean, you can't be in these conversations like I mean I can talk to Ashuk for I mean he's my buddy. I love Ashuk. I mean we can talk <laughs> to each other for hours. But at the end of the day he's going to have to go to work. And um and I and I have to go and I have to go to work. Ashook's got a really really good point here. I know it's really profound because like Ashuk said you can not read your bible 24 hours a day. You can't be in fellowship 24 hours a day. But you know you can pray without ceasing. You can I obviously you want some prayer time and alone time, but but you can be in the things of God even when you're watching television. I mean I mean obviously if you if you're gonna be watching something that's real, but if you're watching a um I like sports, I shook. If I'm watching a <laughs> football game or a baseball game, I can still be heavenly minded. I no, am you know, yeah. I can still be thinking on the things of God and, and stuff like that. I mean you know, because if You know, Ashuk, think about this. In the New Jerusalem, someday, it's going to be, we're going to be living in the world. I mean, and our Mm -hmm. mind's going to be, you know, we'll be totally, well, we are transformed, but we'll be without distractions and stuff like that. So I think Mm -hmm. that even in our life, eating dinner, watching a TV Mm -hmm. show, um, interacting on your job, we can still be heavenly. We can still be in the spirit. Is that is that what you're
2: saying, Ashu? Yeah. Yes. 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 Most definitely. Yes, that's what I was saying.
1: So I think yeah, that's it.
2: yeah.
1: I, I think that's it. We 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 miss Pastor Michael because we know Pastor Michael likes to <laughs> he likes to expound a lot, right? So it's, that's that's great. We really miss him. Ashu, I'm getting old, Ashuk. <laughs> Um
2: Yeah, with age comes much wisdom. Uh, and uh, we we yeah. look at all these gray hairs, and uh, we Thanks, Ashuk. hope Ashuk's to get more wisdom hair, from you.
1: <laughs> Ashuk's hair is pitch black, and mine's pale gray. Um, <laughs> it says a lot about our wisdom. Yeah. So we got about 10 minutes left on this segment, and, and again,
2: mm-hmm.
1: we, are, we are doing overviews in the books of mm-hmm. the Bible. So we're not doing verse by verse. I'm just... We're doing more topical picking a few mm-hmm. topics from say Galatians and we've spoken about uh, another gospel which there was no other gospel we spoke about Peter's mm-hmm. issues with uh, when the when the the Christian Jews came and kind of mm-hmm. Peter kind of felt embarrassed because he was hanging out with Gentiles and then we spoke mm-hmm. about walking in the spirit and then Paul mm-hmm. talks about in the fifth chapter about this freedom in Christ.
2: Yeah, over yeah. against
1: the yoke of the law. And mm-hmm. it's a great argument. It says, it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, mm-hmm. stand firm and do not be subject to the yoke of slavery. And it says, if you receive circumcision, Christ will be no benefit to you. And I testify again yeah. you to every man who receive circumcision that he's under the obligation to keep the whole law. But you've been mm-hmm. severed from Christ. Now, I love that. That word severed, it's actually he's saying you've been circumcised from Christ <laughs> if you keep the, that's the exact wording there. This yeah, yeah. circumcised from Christ if you're trying to keep the law because the law is <laughs> going to keep you in slavery. It's in bondage, so help us yeah. out on that. Us, what is Paul getting <laughs> out there?
2: So uh, all of this is an uh, application of the doctrine of adoption which is key uh, because uh, what paul is saying here is right uh, is that there are two covenants broadly put there are two covenants and uh, the israelites were under the covenant of well the covenant of works now i know a bunch of my presbyterian brothers who hear this might have their disagreements with it but let's say at least that the law uh, that was brought forth from sinai that uh, that comes with moses what What came with it is this bondage, because the law in and of itself did not have the power to save people. The law was supposed to be an instructor. That is, uh, We talk about the threefold use of the law and everything, which is, again, subject uh, topic for another podcast, perhaps. But um, we talk about how the law is an instructor. So the people who were under the covenant before Christ came, uh, the covenant that had to do with the law, fair infants in in the scheme of the redemptive history. To them, the uh, the gospel was given, sorry, not the gospel, the law was given as an instructor to reveal what is the heart of God, what is the will of God. But in Christ Jesus, we are not under this bondage. In fact, we have been made sons and heirs, which changes everything. Right? because we are not uh, the the is the relationship master and servant very much so that is true even today because paul says he is a bond servant right and jesus became a bond servant and we are asked to imitate him but it's not just bond servant we are made sons of god and when we are sons we are and uh, we are no longer infants we are grown up sons which means we can take ownership of whatever is our inheritance at this point we do not need a tutor because uh, we have matured and that maturing uh, comes with the word of God, comes with the freedom of the gospel. So it's no longer uh, see we have to see that when Jesus Christ uh, was approached by the disciples and the disciples asked him to teach them how to pray, he starts with something very, very scandalous. He starts by saying, heavenly father. He calls God father. Which, which is very strange for the Jewish people. What is this kind of a relationship with God? How can he call him father? And he just doesn't say father. He says our father. He includes the apostles in it. So that is where we stand. And we are children and we are not slaves anymore. The children have freedom. The children who have been redeemed by God, for them Christ means everything and the law doesn't mean anything because the law doesn't have, it doesn't keep them under the bondage anymore. So what Paul is also trying to say is that the so-called um, Ju- uh, Judaizers who think they are, uh, they are greater Christians or they are higher Christians or they are the, the upper class, in fact, they are the lower class because they are slaves, whereas the ones who are not under that bondage are the children. So they truly enjoy what uh, Christ provides here, the freedom that has been provided. And it's it's it, he just doesn't say that Jesus Christ has set us free for this and that. He says Jesus Christ has, for freedom, Jesus Christ has set us free. So the motive seems to be uh, freedom in all this. So uh, that, that is that because, uh, again, here Paul says that how uh, if you keep circumcision and if you think there is any merit in circumcision, uh, then you then you mean to say that the law has some merit. So if you believe that keeping the law has some merit, then you have to keep all of the law. Yeah, amen. Which is heavy bondage. But Christ Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And my yoke is not heavy upon you, but I'm a gentle and lowly savior. Uh, come to me, all your are... Uh, weak and heavy laden. I will give you rest. It's a light yoke. It's a covenant of grace. It's a covenant of love and peace and mercy. And it's for the weak sinners. It's for, it's not for the Pharisee who looks at the tax, uh, who looks at the tax collectors and says, thank God I'm not like him. It is for the tax collector who beats his chest and cries out, oh Lord be my propitiation. So that's that's what follows.
1: We got three minutes and I'm going to have you uh, sign off and say street talk theology. We bring theology and bring it to the street. So you're going to sign off today. But in the last couple of minutes, in, in this, and this, uh, you got you to be quick here, Ashuk, but is there something today that Christians got to be careful to fall into that they're not acting like, not the Judaizers, but the Jewish Christians that were trying to put a yoke on Peter are there, is there, and we only got two minutes, but is there something today? And if not, if you, if you can't think about it right now, that's okay. Cause we don't rehearse this stuff. Um, we go over some things. We don't rehearse it, but if there's something today that sometimes would be a yoke that maybe some Christians are putting a yoke on that has to be done um, today, that may
2: be for some people and not for others. No matter how many times we read the New Testament again and again and again and read about grace, we see many churches still fall into the trap of salvation through works. And the biggest testimony has been uh, the apostate church of Rome, uh, who did not heed the warning of Paul to Rome, uh, but actually walked away from the faith and have become an apostate church called the Roman Catholic Church. So they... uh, that is one place. That is the obvious place, right? Because there is full of idolatry, icons and whatnot. But the most subtle forms come within the Christian church. The most subtle forms might come within the churches that would ask you that you should, you should wear only white if you're a true Christian or that you should wear no ornaments if you're a, a, a true Christian. Uh, that you have to look a certain way or you have to be a certain way um, to prove that you're Christian. So if there is any element of Works that we we would bring in and say that that is the only way that you can be a Christian. That is the un- now. I'm not talking about being uh, the moral law of God. Definitely, the scripture says that if you are a child of God, then you would have good works. But th- but but that's the key, right? If you are a child of God, you will have the good works. It is not the good works that save us, and churches and people and theologians keep making this mistake where we do not see that distinction and we uh, end up thinking that these works in and of itself save us praise the lord okay we love you guys
1: ashuk uh sign us off street talk theology give us a sign off and um we'll be back next time sign us off brother
2: yes thank you this is street Talk theology and we bring theology to the streets
0: amen praise the lord Thank you for joining us for Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. You can visit Pastor Dom at Desert Sky Baptist Church at 891 West Corson Road, Casa Grande. And for more information, visit us online at www.desertskybaptist.org.